This episode of the Crown Refs podcast is brought to you by RefereeStore.com. To save 15% on all United Attire products, enter Crown15 at checkout. We hope you enjoy this episode and do us one last favor before you listen. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs podcast. The audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game. Well, Taylor, you texted me this morning. It looked like you had about eight or nine questions. I figured we could put this in an action-packed 10 to 15-minute little episode. So why don't you fire away? I know you got some games today. Um, so ask me some of the things that are on your mind today. Yes, so um, I just started working with some new people around in Beckley. And um, they're really just trying to help me out. And um, it's just some habits that they're saying. They're not trying to criticize me or anything, but they're just trying to help me. And I guess I've been used to doing it for so long. I'm trying to break these habits, and I don't know if I should go into today's game trying to work on them or if I should just continue how I've been doing it. Um, But one thing is, like, when I see a player on the line or something, I point at the line and then point. He said, just go up with your hand and point the direction it's supposed to be. Um, so when a player is shooting a free throw, you're pointing at the line. Could you describe so that like, again? Just say they're dribbling baseline and their foot touches the line. I point at the yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So on an out-of-bounds play, when those quick out-of-bounds plays happen, maybe a, a foot, you know, quickly touches the line as the player's like dribbling. So our tendency is to point to the line. Mm-hmm. And then point, and that totally messes up our seek the proper sequence of signals. When we have a violation, what's the first thing we're supposed Hand to up. do? So stop the clock, and then what? And then point in the arrow that it's going. Good. Two, and then what's the third step? Ah, uh, I don't know. Uh, the third step is the one that you chose first, pointing to the line. Okay. Po- indicating the spot. Oh, just spot. So essentially, okay. what you're doing. Essentially, what you're doing is you're indicating the spot in the first position or the first signal, right? So it should be the third signal. Stop the clock is one, point the direction is two, point to the spot three. Okay, that does make sense. Every time. Because my understanding is like, I at least explained it so I don't have to explain it to the coach. But now that where you do say spot, that does make a lot of sense. Right, and our actions shouldn't um, map to giving explanations to coaches with the decisions that we're, you know, making on the court with our signaling. Like we just need to remove that out of our mind, out of our thinking. And I, and it's natural for you to have that. But what I'm trying to do with this group is start to pull little pieces that are in our head, these negative pieces out of our game, because it's going to simplify everything and make it easier for you. No need to be thinking about that because look what that train of thought did it messed you up with your actual responsibilities. Yeah, are. yeah, I've definitely just been thinking about it. Um, also, another thing, um, I blow my whistle, like, I guess when I'm inbounds, and I don't know, I guess too much, I, you know, and, and then I'll bounce past the ball to the players instead of handing it. But I do realize now I understand, like, handing the ball, you're in better position already sometimes in that situation. Um, so... In NFHS, we're supposed to blow the whistle when we're inbounding on the end line, when the offensive team is inbounding on their end line by their basket, right? Or following a timeout. Besides that, we're not going to blow the whistle. Now, I'm not 100% on the women's rule. I believe that the women do it 
every time when they inbound the ball. Don't quote me on mm. that. Um, as far as like handing or bouncing, I really think that's irrelevant and just a preference. I don't think that helps you out at all. Just be in the right position, you know, um, just contextualize it based on where the play is. If we're inbounding, going the other way, there's no pressure and you want to bounce it, you want to hand it. I don't know. To me, it's kind of like the same thing. Okay. Um, trying to think on my list. Also, sorry, I have to look up that list real quick. That's good. Okay. Um, player I point at being okay. So I'm on the floor too much, like, and I guess in the C position, um, and I do realize, like, you know, sometimes the, the bench and the coach might be in your way, but I know, like, you know, it, we're obligated to it first. Um, I don't know. Like, how far out do I need to be in C? Like, definitely off the court or just depends on the play? You're saying you, you step, like, towards the three-point line instead of maybe being on the uh, sideline? Uh, no, I'm – yeah, I mean, I guess I'm more on the court. I'm in the right position, but I'm just on the court too much. So in the center position, I really like to hug the sideline and make the uh, free throw line extended my starting point. So every time I'm getting to the free throw line extended as a starting point, and then I'm adjusting accordingly based on where the play is. But generally, I like to have my feet right on the sideline. Okay. Yeah, so I think I've been and, all, or more on the court, and I'm trying to work on that. And I guess you can just save more, right, in that situation as well. Uh, just having that uh, – kind of far back look gives you more, uh, I think, vision. So maybe on the in the trail position, you're going to come on the court a little bit more. But in the C position, I don't find myself coming on too much. Again, every play is different. So there'll be times where you have to adjust accordingly, like we said. But just remember 28, uh, excuse me, free throw line extended. Have your feet on the sideline. Okay. Um, also, I had a situation last night that I – completely was 100% sure on a hook on the post play, but it was definitely not my primary. So I didn't go out of my primary to get it. But should I do that in the future? I know you're supposed to talk and talk about it and warm our pregame and everything. But you know, you know, the, the best way I can answer this question is to be able to actually see this play and determine if this was one of those times we should come out of primary. I mean, listen, if you're a hundred percent, it's a, you know what, coming out of primary, I think we got to be 110, mm -hmm. just an additional layer of certainty. But if you're 110%, it shouldn't matter where on the court you are. It may be a crew saver. It may be the one to two times or three times per game that we have to come out of primary. And that's another skill with officiating is knowing that time when to step up. Did you speak to your partner about this play? to get any more insight if they were maybe stacked or they passed or they didn't agree it was a foul? No, I just thought about it later on because right after the game, we just kind of left because we done four games yesterday. So we didn't get out till pretty late. Um, but I'll see him again today. So I might discuss that with him. Um, and then I had a situation where I was in C and the bay, the post put, or sorry, the lead he done like a tip, but I had a foul. And I've always been told not to do the tip underneath, but the way I just discussed with him, I'll be more patient with my whistle, you know, so I'm not in that situation. So what do you mean a tip? Like um, he was in the lead and he had a tip, but I had the foul in the C. 
He had a tip going out of bounds. Um, he just said like it was blocked, but it wasn't out of bounds. Okay. Did he signal mm-hmm. tip? So this is a good takeaway, right? That's an unapproved signal. That's only going to get us in trouble. And look what happened. It created conflicting calls. We're showing the tip when it's blocked. And then the worst thing that happens is our partner then comes in with a foul. Yeah. <laughs> so you have two refs showing something different. So that's why we don't want to just don't ever do that. Discard the tip, the deflection, the good block. I see people like do a clap on a good block. Um, so in that situation, yeah, I should have just um, told him that I've been told nobody does that. I just told him I'd be more patient with my whistle because he does that a lot in the game. Okay, are you 100% this is a foul? I thought it, in my view, I thought it was a foul. But I said I'll, you know. Because I was in the C, I got it from behind. So you passed on it or you, you called, I called the, foul? the foul? And then what happened after the that? The coach was did, did, upset because he had a tip and I had the foul. You obviously reported yes. the foul. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, understandably upset, right? That's one area where us as officials, that's just 100% our error. Mm-hmm. So that just takes discipline. Um takes patience and then of course not reacting and showing something unapproved like sim- similar like the wall up when you and i know this is an unapproved signal it used to be uh, approved in ncaa men's wall up but people were using it irresponsibly and using it at the same time the same exact you know um layout of your play mm-hmm. where you're showing something unapproved but then your partner then has a foul so um you know that's not really your error mm-hmm. there um, if you're 100%, it's a foul and you got to get it. And it's just something to talk about. It's not really, we're not even really going to, you know, mention it in the in the pregame or at halftime. I mean, you can if you want, you know, give them a, that's why we don't use unapproved signals, but it's just something for you moving forward not to do. Mm-hmm. And then also I had a play um, where the, the, the players, I've actually had this twice in two boys varsity. Their hands are straight up, but they're hitting them with their body. And um, the coaches like their hands are straight up, and then like um, I don't know how to really explain it other than just saying I got it with the body. Is there another way I can explain it better? Yeah, I want you to drop the whole body terminology. Mm-hmm. I think it's a gener- it's a generic term that doesn't provide any type of specifics. When we say, "Oh, we fouled them with the body," like which part of the body? Right. The body has many different parts. I think what you're referring to is the hip, stomach, chest area but the way you're describing it um it seems like incidental contact we have a clean block or we have vertical arms and um, so describe to me the hip what is it a hip contact did he i got him with the stomach like he kind of i mean do players but do players really foul with the stomach well i would say he pushed like with his i guess front probably chest and stomach i guess do you have this play on film? Oh, yes, I do. I haven't got access to the film, but it is recorded. So let's find this play just so we can be exact on, on the breakdown okay. of it and not speak hypothetically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why don't you why don't you clip that play and send it through? Because I think this is a good topic slash play type for a lot of us to um, – I think a lot a lot of us ha- give that same description of a play. Oh, we got him with the body. So maybe a play like this can help eliminate that thought process. Okay getting them with the body. So just, you know, either let's say this was a foul coach. I had, um, I had him hip checking him, you know, I have a hip check or he's pushing forward with the chest. Okay. 
Yeah, that because I so just that makes more sense because I didn't like the one I said I got him with the bot. I just I didn't like the explanation, like me personally. You just got to get more specific. It's just a, it's too general. Yeah. And re and remember, our strength lies when we're communicating with the specifics. Mm -hmm. Specifics. Coaches can't speak specifically. Yeah. Right. They don't know rule references. They don't know our terminology for the most part. So when you go there, that gives us an edge that gives us leverage that gives us control of the conversation. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. Uh, I think I guess another thing I like to discuss is like, especially um, I would say more with boys like the, the stuff, like they block it and then, you know, you know how that's all ball. And then maybe sometimes they get them with the body afterwards. That's automatically you just give it, you know, that's just out of bounds play right there. Right. For the it's not automatic. Let's well, not speak in absolutes. Mm -hmm. That's not a rule. That's, that's a strategy. That's a play calling strategy that you can implement for block shot plays. And I think it's a helpful strategy to use. But again, it's not 100%. If I block your shot and then I hit you in the head, that's a foul, right? Yeah. So the, I think the majority of times, if we have ball before body, now normal, Now I know we're going ball versus body. It might sound like a contradiction, what I just said last about not calling it body. This is a little bit different. This isn't an explanation that you're giving. This is just a way of determining if contact is legal or, or uh, illegal. Um, but if we have ball before body, most times it's probably legal. If we have body, meaning arm, then ball, most times that's illegal. Most times. Mm -hmm. but, but don't copy and paste that to where it's every time you're going to call it that way. Right. Also, I know like. Just, um, just to, just to firm up that point that that is only applicable on non jump shots. Okay. So, so if I'm shooting a three pointer, we're not doing the ball versus body strategy. This is only for drives to the basket. Okay. Okay. And then um, also like if you're in C position and the play starts with you, um, do you stay, do you stay with the play the whole time? Or is that something you discuss with just your partners for, before the game? For the most part, when you're reffing a primary defender and you're in the center position and there's a drive to the basket where it takes the primary defender all the way to the basket, yes, you're going to lock in and remain with that primary defender. It's not 100% of the time you're going to have the whistle because it could be opening right up to the lead. It, again, it depends on every specific play, the formation of the players, you know, every kind of formation of a half-court set. Um, essentially is going to look different if you were to map it out on paper mm -hmm. and put all 10 players and three referees, you know, on a diagram, so to speak. But it's something to to talk about in the pregame. Hey, if we have a center side drive, primary is going to stay with it the whole time. So, yes, stay with it the whole time and have information on it. A lot of times you'll be the primary calling official, but there'll be some times um, that, again, it's just going to open up and the lead might have a clear look. This 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 can definitely help you too in a transition play, when the lead is um, running parallel to the play and the and the center has that open look. Because mm -hmm. if the lead's running parallel and hasn't got to the end line yet to get that open look, then they're going to be stacked. So that's going to be one hundred percent a center's a center's play. Okay. I think Ashley. I don't know if you saw Ashley's. Um, 
block play she put through the play sharing channel. I know there's a lot of plays going through the channel, but she put one up a few days ago, and that kind of accurately describes the play I'm envisioning right now. Um, did you get a chance to see that one? I'll go back and check it. I'll okay. go check it out. Yeah. Um, anything else? How's your games going? You feel more confident this, se- this season being with the community uh, four or five months now? Yes, for sure. For sure. I've been so excited for the season. Um, definitely. But I'll say some of these games I've had so far have have been rough. I guess it's the beginning of the season, you know, girls basketball, you know, and but it's describe rough. Like rough play or hard for you? Or um, both. You know, just the teams they're not like I guess they're just fouling a lot more than, you know, what I expected. So the girls especially, you know, just going out there, the it's not really running plays, they're just out there just running and playing, I think. And <laughs> Here's a good tip. Don't have any expectations for the game. Uh-huh. A lot of times we get in the locker room and you hear referees giving their whole predictions and expectations of how teams are going to play and how the game is going to go. I think that's 100% irrelevant. The most important job that we can do is to properly prepare, to you know, know our fundamentals, to put ourselves in the right position, to play, but don't go in the game thinking, you know, I want, I want to have a, I want this to be a great game, or I want this to be a super competitive game or be Mm -hmm. disappointed that it's sloppy or be disappointed that it's uncompetitive. Again, these are things that are entirely out of our control. Only thing you can control is your mindset and how you perform that day and what's in your primary. Mm -hmm. Um, So just go into that with that simplified mindset of not being able to get disappointed by the game. That makes sense. Good. Try to make sense a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this is good. One more thing, but I, I can't think of it now. Oh, can't so think of it? My head. Yeah, it was in my head, but then I, I forgot. Take another 10 thing. seconds. Take another <laughs> 10 seconds. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll hit uh, you. Maybe you'll get an impulse. Raya, gosh, I can't, I can't even think about it. No worries. Just text me if you have any other questions and you can send me that play or post it to the group. But, mm-hmm. uh, Ken, thank you again for being part of the community. You're such a great energy. You have such great energy and spirit. So, you know, you're exactly um, the type of ref that we that we love having part of the community. So I just wanted to thank you again. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm glad. Sorry I texted you Saturday. I, was, I woke up ready. I went to bed, you know, thinking about all this. I was like, I got to ask. I, I feel more confident coming into these games. Listen, uh, I tell everybody <laughs> that can text me whenever they want. So it doesn't matter if it's a Saturday or a Monday. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was trying to wait. I was up like at six. So I was like, let me wait at least till seven. <laughs> <laughs> I, had the, I had the kids early this morning. I had two kids up uh, around seven o'clock, so I was good to go. Okay, that sounds good. All right. Um, so I guess we're haven't really practiced that signal today. Should I try in this game or should I just do what I'm comfortable and then work on it? What, what do you mean? What's, what's, I guess what do you like mean, the do what's comfortable? You know, the out-of-bounds plays and, you know. Okay, we did this We did this at signal school. Hand up, stop uh-huh. the clock, point the direction, point the spot. Right. White spot. Okay, I'm going to do that, like, probably 50 times right now before my mm-hmm. games. <laughs> I feel more confident in it. And I'll just and- leave you with this. You know, like, stopping the clock on all fouls and violations when you don't do that. In this case, you know, you forgot, you messed up the se- sequence of signals. It means you have to slow down means you're just out there just too fast, too jumpy, too reactionary. 
So just take mm-hmm. a deep breath and try to see the game in super slow motion. I know that is way easier said than done, but eventually that's the lens that you want to see the game in slow motion. Okay. That's totally what I need to do. Slow, extra slow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Just think of like uh, NBA 2K, right? When you're playing on like master or hall of fame level and the game is like so fast, right? I kind of right. use that analogy with referee and we want to put it back on rookie mode where it's just <laughs> slow. All right, that works. We don't want to be rookies. We want to rep on the Hall of Fame All Star <laughs> level, but uh, we want to see it at the speed of a rookie. But I'll let you run. Have a great game and uh, have a wonderful weekend. All right, thank you. You too. All right, later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game. <laughs>